0: Hello and welcome to the next in the series of studies in John's Gospel. If you've been a Christian for a long time, then you probably know the answer to this question. But for those of us who are new to faith, I hope we have the excitement of discovering the answer to this question. Because the problem is that when some of us have been around for a long time, we forget the real power to some of the things we already know. How will anyone know that we follow Jesus? How is that to happen? Is it to do with the clothes we wear? Is it to do with the uh, church we go to? Or is it to do with the words we say? Is it to do with prefacing things by saying, I'm a Christian? Is it a badge? Is it a cross that we wear? Is it a fish symbol on our car? Is it? How will anybody know if we are Christian? Does that really matter? In our last study in John's Gospel, we looked a little bit, but uh, not in great detail, we looked a little bit at where in John 13, verse 20, Jesus talks about us being sent in his name. He says, look, if anyone accepts you, they're accepting me. Now that itself is quite a remarkable thing, that when we go into a room, we are representing Jesus. We are part of his family. We have a royal commission. We have the authority to be his representative. And if anybody rejects us, they are rejecting God. They are rejecting Jesus. That's phenomenal. But how will people know if We are representing Jesus. How will people know that we're the representatives of Jesus? How will people know such an important detail? Because if they reject us, they're rejecting God. But how do they know that we are standing in that role as disciples of Jesus? John 13 begins with um, John telling us that Jesus is demonstrating his full love. And he does this primarily at the beginning by washing the disciples' feet which he tells them is an example for them to follow. And he says they'll be blessed if they follow his example, if they do what he does. And then we read the, the uh, betrayal and the, the encounter with Judas, which we looked at in our last study. And Judas leaves to betray Jesus, something that greatly distresses Jesus. And when he's gone, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. And we've looked at how the cross, how the betrayal, how the reaction and way Jesus behaves in the upcoming 48 hours is the full glory of God. When we did uh, in an earlier study, strange ways to be glorified. So I'm going to pick it up in verse 33 of John 13. Jesus says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer, meaning Uh, Just a couple of days. You will look for me just as I told the Jews. So now I tell you where I am going, you cannot come. We'll come back to that in the next study. Then some words that run the risk of being too familiar. They run the risk of us losing the impact of them. Jesus says, a new command." Now, before we look at the rest of the command, let's just hear the wonder and and the, the power of this statement. And if you've been in our church over the last year, you'll know that I've said this on a number of occasions. Forgive me for saying it again. Jewish understanding was that only God gave commands. He gave them to Moses, and there are 10 of them. There are 10 commands. That is the final and full revelation of the purposes and law of God, that nobody else can give a command because only God gives them. So for someone to say a new command is in itself blasphemous because it is stating that they are God with the right to add to the 10 commandments given to Moses. So when somebody says a new command I give you, we pay attention. Because this is a dramatic statement, a new command I give you, John 13, 34. What is it? Love one another. Now, we can take that for granted, take that so easily. Of course, yes, that's what we need to do. He spells it out because he doesn't think they've quite got it. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. In fact, he's going to say it a third time in the next verse. Three times he's saying you need to love one another. Paul tells us in the beginning of Corinthians that this is the most important thing you can do. You can speak with tongues. You can move mountains with your faith. You can give all you have to the poor. You may be able to understand and give all kinds of prophecies. But if you do not have love, then we're nothing. And he says, by this, this is the mark of a disciple. It is not church attendance. It is not a dog collar. It is not saying, I'm a Christian. It is not a cross. It is not a fish symbol. It is not a baptism. It is not uh, a communion taking. It is not a church membership certificate. The mark that people will know we have been sent from God is love if you love one another as Jesus has loved the disciples, as Jesus has shown them his love. There are many times that I've talked about this in the last year because I've become increasingly convinced this is a major thing for me to be talking about. Above everything else, in these days of fractured, broken, divisive, World through social media, through wars, we need to learn again the importance of love. Where Christians are arguing and falling out and, and debating nuances and declaring who is and isn't to be uh, considered truly biblical or truly able to uh, speak, where people are being excluded, Jesus says, Look, if you want to be known as a disciple, it is not your words, it is not our words. It is the action of love. If you want to be known as someone who is representing Jesus, we have to behave like him. Four things to draw your attention to that you could do yourself, and you'll have heard me say, but just a reminder in this little study. To love like Jesus means in this context, the context of John, firstly to serve. That's what he'd just done. We've looked at it in the last few weeks. He takes on the action of the lowest, most... A humiliated slave who washes the poo off the disciples' feet, and he washes their feet. If we are to be disciples of Jesus, we serve the community. We do the dirty jobs. We do the things which others do not want to do. We do the things that demean, perhaps, that make us look stupid or unworthy or unimportant. The things that people don't thank us for. The people that don't things that don't get recognised. We serve. If we want to be a representative of Jesus, if people want to say, "There goes," Someone who stands in the f- shoes of Jesus we serve. We have to do the unth- unthanked. When nobody notices, nobody appreciates and nobody cares. That's what it means to be a disciple. And to bring his message into a world so that people know that what we are talking about is coming from God. It has to be enacted first through this behaviour. Now I was brought up in a Christian tradition that was very sceptical of good works, of good behaviour, because rightly they would say that no good behaviour can ever get us to heaven, and that is absolutely true. That is why Jesus dies on the cross. No good behaviour ever gets us to heaven, but it gets us listened to. And it gives us authority to speak. And without it, Paul says, we are nothing. The second part of loving as Jesus loved is to transform the outcast. As he does with uh, the Samaritan woman, as he does in so many places, he, the woman caught in adultery, he goes and seeks out and welcomes the person who others do not uh, accept, either because they have done something wrong or because they're from a different culture or a different religion or a different gender or because they uh, have a disease that makes them unclean. Whatever it is, Jesus welcomes, touches, speaks to, gives value to the outcast. That is what it means to love like Jesus. To see in our community the people that others are fearful of, or suspicious of, or have rejected, or have assigned to, to, the, to the waste bin of humanity—people from different cultures, people of different religions, people who've made poor choices, poor mistakes, people who uh, we look down on as being in, in reaping the. the The fruit of their own foolishness. Those are the people Jesus goes to. Those are the people he loves. Such that they wash his feet with their tears and their perfumes. Because they are so transformed by the love of Jesus. And he says, if you want to be my disciples, this is what you do. And this isn't an optional lecture. This isn't just a nice idea. This is a command. It is a command to restore the fallen, to take those who felt on the outside that God could never love them and never um, forgive them. It is to embody the grace and mercy of Jesus such that they respond to the message of Jesus and find forgiveness and love. We are to love like Jesus loved. We are to be his disciples. We are commanded to restore the fallen, not to judge them, not to reject them, not to exclude them, not to isolate them, not to condemn them, not to blame them, not to speak ill of them on, in church, in Twitter, on social media, wherever it is. It is not to label certain people as beyond forgiveness. It is to restore them. And how do we restore? Not through judgment. I mean, these are all the things we've looked at already. Go back over the whole of John so far. We don't restore through judging. We restore through mercy and grace. And that's how Jesus has restored me and you. And he commands us to do it. And finally, he commands us to love as he loved. Which means what he's just done with Judas what he's about to do with the soldiers and those at the foot of the cross who mock him, those who put a crown of thorns upon his head, those who whip him, we are to do as he did. We are to love our enemy. We are to turn the other cheek. We are to transform hatred by being merciful. We are to transform division by forgiving we are to seek to bless and pray for our enemies these are all the words of jesus it is a command and if we do this then whenever wherever we go we are carrying the royal name of jesus and such that if anybody rejects us they're rejecting jesus but if we have not love we are nothing so our questions for reflection one question Where do we need God's help to love more like Jesus? Is it in serving? And we struggle because we're not thanked or because there are things we don't want to do. Is it in the love for the outcast because there are people we don't want to be with? Is it restoring the fallen because we feel angry and we we want to judge and we, we, we see things that are wrong and we want to condemn it? Is it loving the enemy because... Frankly, we've been hurt and damaged, and it's hard to love. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be your disciple. We want to be seen and known as your ambassador, your friend, your child, your servant here on earth. We want to be your people. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to love as you have loved us. To serve without being thanked to welcome without being fearful, to forgive without being judgmental, and to bless without seeking revenge. Lord, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.